Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Hi, and welcome to the Christmas Time in the City podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm also your host, Chris. Before we get started, be sure to follow us on social media. We're Christmas Time in the City podcast on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our website, christmastimeinthecity.com. And if you haven't already checked it out, head over to our YouTube channel. We're posting a lot of fun stuff there in the next month or so. And as always, feel free to email any questions or comments to us at christmastimeinthecitypodcast at gmail.com. Well, if you've spent any time browsing YouTube or Reddit, odds are you've come across a video or two from our guest for this episode of How You Doing? How You Doing? If he's not rolling candy canes, trying to recreate candies from days gone by, or whipping up egg creams at his shop, Lofty Pursuits in Tallahassee, Florida, you can find him on his own podcast of the same name. He's a historian, candy maker, all-around renaissance man, and most importantly, he's a New Yorker. Please welcome Greg to the podcast. Hi, Greg. Hi. Yay. How are you doing? Hi, Greg. <laughs> Welcome, I am welcome. so happy you came on the podcast. I was more or less a shot in the dark. I've watched all your videos from as long as I can remember. We haven't had cable television in over 10 years, which means <laughs> that we watch a lot of YouTube. We like to start off with a, a segment that my wife likes to talk about. It's called, what's your New York City connection? Yeah. So before we get started with all the games, we want to know about your New York City connection, which is a big one, as Chris has mentioned in the intro. So tell us a little bit about- I was born in Manhattan in the late great St. Vincent's Hospital, which is now roughly where the Whitney Museum of Art is. I um, moved to Brooklyn when I was very, very young, although I lived briefly on the corner of, I think, 8th and Broadway. And uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And when I was 16, my father's business moved to Orlando and I moved to Florida. And when college came, Tallahassee was in-state tuition and as far away from my parents as possible. Yep. I know that. <laughs> and I ended up here and I fell in love with it. Wow. Nice. So you, you, uh, you've you been there since college then? Oh, yes. Yeah. I nice. moved here in for college. I only lived in Orlando for two years. Okay. I did not like Orlando. There were things I liked, but it was definitely a world change from where a subway token took you to any place you could imagine to my bike won't go there. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. When I lived in South Florida, I lived in Miami, but I also went to school a little bit farther north. So we had to drive to everything. I didn't even get to ride my bike to like friends' houses because we lived so far away from everyone I knew. I did. And everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> There's the guy on the bike. <laughs> I used to I used to bike to a place called Skycraft Surplus to buy my electronic parts and motors and stuff for the things I was building. We know Skycraft. We know that place. Oh, yeah. you know Skycraft. We yeah. Do. You know they we just used to moved. Go there. Really? I think I had heard that. They sold the building because the building was worth more than they thought. And they bought another one that was uh, not far away, down Clay, if you know where Clay is. I do. Clay is only a few blocks down from where they were and intersects with Fairbanks. Mm -hmm. But um, even that's not what it was. You used to go in and find surplus NASA rocket parts. I remember yeah. higher box marked NASA surplus O-rings, $2 each. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't, you know, the giant yeah. ones. You know, I remember box of lasers. Five milliwatt helium neon lasers, you know, the size of a uh, <laughs> something huge. Uh, right. 25 bucks you test. <laughs> I'll have a box of them that I bought that day or uh, God, just some strange things I purchased there. Yeah. I mean, that's what that and place that's was for. <laughs> one of the saving graces from moving from Brooklyn, because at that point, the last of Canal Street, which was the surplus electronics mm -hmm. area that actually originally existed where they built the World Trade Center, demolished an amazing community of builders. Um, I thought there was no place I was going to be able to get these components cheap, and I ended up getting them there. 
Perfect. Well, yeah, a little slice of home then I'm sure it felt like. Um, so wonderful keeping me from going crazy (laughs) that in a good comic book shop called sky enterprise 1701 that was on the corner and right down from my where my parents lived so i could ride my unicycle there after school every day and it kept me sane did you say unicycle what did you say unicycle yes beautiful i love it (laughs) you're definitely from new york (laughs) everyone in my neighborhood in new york rode a unicycle yeah i wasn't involved in it but pepsi filmed a commercial that was later shown in italy but that's the only place of all the kids playing around on their unicycles literally we had street gangs of people on unicycles in my neighborhood of brooklyn for like a year and a half period wow that is so interesting it's definitely not the same kind of people riding unicycles anymore but they exist here so what are my new york credentials i grew up in new york i went to the new york public school system i went to edward armero high school for a year before i moved to florida um i grew up in an area called uh vanderveer sub neighborhood nottingham which is just a little bit off from midwood in the center of brooklyn Mm -hmm. i would take the subway to Coney Island to go enjoy, or near Coney Island to go enjoy Mrs. Stahl's knishes. I would um, pet cats, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I would go to Marine Park and light off model rockets that I built and, uh, you know, do what you do as a kid in New York. Blow well, you definitely, up, I guess. You certainly got the credentials, which we're happy to have you on. That's no, I cool. thought we I thought we could talk. I mean, I you have all this Christmas music and I don't like any of it. <gasps> Ooh, I don't yay. think it represents the Christmas of New York that I grew up with. My image in New York is a little distorted. First of all, I lived there until 84 when I moved to Orlando. So I was 16 when I moved. So it's the Christmas of a childhood and adolescent mm-hmm. that's in my head. Yeah. Second of all, I'm Jewish. I remember reading somewhere that America's like one and a half or two percent Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and went, it's gotta be in the mid-40s. <laughs> it certainly seems Florida. higher here in Brooklyn. And exactly. in Florida. I'm sorry. I'm from so, Florida too, know. and it's pretty high there as well. <laughs> but I mean, I grew up in the New York City when crime was still a problem, which it really mm-hmm. isn't in the same way. You know, there were certain you wouldn't go to the East Village village unless you wanted to get mugged. Right. You would um Con Ed kept on cutting power all over the place. The big blackout of 77 and things like that happened. Um, it was not that. But, you know, I hear all these cheery Christmas songs about New York, and I think you need your own. I think you need the Christmas Ooh. song of my childhood. I mean, I, what do all Christmas songs have in common? Right? What do you think? Family? Children? Mm-hmm. This is 1970s in New York. This is bad, and it was pre-crack bad, okay? Yeah. So I've been thinking, you know, you keep on calling it Christmas in the city, but only people in the city call it the city. You're reaching out to others. It's Christmas in New York that you're doing, right? <laughs> yes. You need to have something about family. You need to have something with a chorus. And I've been thinking about this. So yeah. it's Christmas in New York for every boy and girl. Christmas in New York's like no place in the world. So come on, everyone. Let's pop the champagne cork. Let's celebrate. It's Christmas in New York. It solves lots of problems. Family and the fact that nothing rhymes with New York. (laughs) Your your, your lyrics. Where the lights on the street, flashing green, white, and red, prove an almost impossible task for Con Ed. The sidewalk Santas are on every walk as the robbers and muggers stop and talk. With a knife to the back and the gun to the ear brings muggers much money and lots of good cheer. Because it's Christmas in New York 
For every boy and girl, Christmas in New York's like no place in the world. So come on, everyone, let's pop the champagne cork and let's celebrate it's Christmas in New York. We can also celebrate that that was almost on key. That uh, was beautiful. Amazing. Beautiful. So that I think should be something more like a theme song for a show like this, at least of my Christmas in New York. I have every intention of isolating that and making that into a song. Oh yeah, my. I was making. I made sure not to say anything during that, so that could be easily cut out. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Yeah, lovely. What a incredible start. start! It's an incredible start. Usually, our guests don't have to put that much effort into coming in here, so you're already mostly brownie points. I have bad news for you. <laughs> well, if if you're ad libbing, then that's pretty incredible as well. Yeah. That's a, that's some freestyling talent that Eminem hasn't had yet. Oh, <laughs> and hello, people out kitty. there can finally see one of our podcasts. Yay. This is Darwin. Come on, Darwin. Say hi. Hi, Hello, Darwin. Darwin, Darwin well, has thumbs. Oh, yeah. Got seven toes. Uh, polydactyl? Uh, that's six. I think seven toes is pterodactyl, but Ter I'm not. Oh, sure. that sounds way better anyway, doesn't it? I think so too. Yeah, pterodactyl. <laughs> Very cool. We're on to a next segment that we call Christmas Time in Your It's Christmas Time in Your City. Not happy with the edit on that, but I'm just going to let it go still. At this point, I think people expect it. That's what I mean. That's not like New York in my mind. <laughs> no, it's not. That's why my song is better. <laughs> well, You'll be a permanent, uh, <laughs> a permanent jingle for us then. I'm really here to take over your podcast this week. You understand? Yes. Well, let's go. Prepare, it's it's, it's like, happening. We're, we're huge in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we know how we celebrate Christmas here in New York City. But you currently don't live in New York City, so we, we'd love to know how you celebrate Christmas where you live. Usually eating Chinese food. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, uh, we we celebrate it by um, opening a presents first thing in the morning. My wife is not Jewish, and my daughter isn't. We um, when we get up, we all open presents. That's really it. We sit around as a family. We have a big Christmas dinner. It's kind of interesting because my daughter's birthday is just a few days after Christmas. Oh, so wow. we make sure we separate the two. So Christmas is, we don't want to ever do a present that's half one day, half the other. Yeah. So we definitely have separated the two. Christmas is more fun. Uh, birthday is more materials. So um, for instance, you know, one year for her birthday, for Christmas, she got toys and things like that. And her, for her birthday, she discovered I'd given her a sheet of plywood, some foam pipe insulation, a lawn blower, some Visqueen staples, and a couple of other components. Because she'd asked me when I said, what do you want for your birthday? She says, I want to fly. So we built a hovercraft. Whoa. Another year That's amazing. Uh, for her birthday, because Christmas is presents and birthday is billed, we installed a flamethrower in a spare trombone. And there's actually a video about that. It's a better trombone now. We've rebuilt it several times. Wow. So when you're 12, I figure endothermic reactions are important. And I think that was 13. I think 11 was when we built the hovercraft. I'm not sure which. A friend of mine, Fritz Grobe, uh, you probably have seen him on his YouTube video. He's one of the two EP bird guys, the ones who do the Coke Menthos experiment. He's the shorter one. Mm. Okay. He's a book on experiments you can do with your kid. And it's a cool book. And the highlight of the book is building the hovercraft. And he sort of asked for friends to build it to buy the book and build it to make sure he got his instructions right he did we built a good hovercraft floated about three quarters of an inch off the ground like a hockey puck it was great it was like a reverse air hockey table that you could stand on that sounds really fun and so what cool. a great dad <laughs> you 
you know, that's uh, no. If you're a dad or a mom, you realize, oh God, what did I do wrong? And then you also realize, what did I do right? It's a balancing act. Yeah, we have a little one who is hopefully asleep right now because one minute beforehand, that's what I was doing (laughs) before I ran onto this. (laughs) It happens. Yeah, he's he's an absolute ball of energy and we absolutely love him because I'm sure he'll see this at some point in the future. And I want him to know that dad, dad loves you. (laughs) There you go. Very cool. It's on the books. (laughs) It's on the books. It's been recorded. It may even end up in the podcast. I don't know. We'll see how, how my editing fingers feel. (laughs) <laughs> there you go very cool so, so thank you for that we're gonna head right into the games this is this is where our bread and butter i think this is where we have fun we're gonna do one game and then i think you may have some questions for us let's go ahead and break the ice with something that we call neighborhood watch so if you don't know how it works yeah and i i do like that one quite a bit that was a suggestion from a, a past guest as well so i do like police squad quite a bit if you don't know how this one works, I'll read three alerts I've received from the Citizen app, which is an app that alerts people of 911 calls in their area. Two will be real and one will be fake. Your job, Greg, is to pick the one that I wrote. So here we go. So I'm picking the fake one. The fake yes. one. Okay. UPS driver fighting Amazon driver. Woman harassing carriage horse. And piano stolen at Union Square. I'm going to go with Piano Stolen in Union Square, and it's probably a real one. Piano Stolen and Union Square is a real one, yes. I didn't know they had a piano in there. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Well, it's not there anymore. <laughs> well, there you have a point there. I think of Union Square for the farmer's market. The farmer's uh, market, yeah. I think of that, a, lot of, uh, a lot of young people come together to talk about issues and stuff. I think a lot about that stuff when I think about Union Square. Also the farmer's market and the winter market they have there in the winter months. I think about it, the chess hustlers. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Those guys too. They're scary. Yes. Scary, scary chess players. So which one do you think is the one that I made up out of the other two then? The uh, UPS driver fighting Amazon driver or woman harassing carriage horse? I've seen both occur. Yeah. So I'm not sure which is real. You have ones that are so, actually. Impl- which one do you think harassing. someone called 911 for? Oh, 911? Yeah. So this app is Women, basically. Uh, then I would go with the uh, Amazon driver and UPS driver. As the fake one. Yeah. That, I bet no, it, it was, was the first one you were thinking. It's the woman harassing the carriage horse. So I literally um, saw as one that of does those happen. Yeah, but I guess no one cares and calls 911. I guess they let the horse take it. I don't know. (laughs) The horse deals with himself. He's a New York horse. Yeah, that's true. Those those poor horses, by the way, I don't want to get into it. But if you're going to go through the the city, get on one of those uh, rickshaw bike guys. Don't don't take a horse. The horses don't want to be out there. Yeah, the humans make the decision to do it. So you can get on his own little rickshaw. Anyway, moving on to to the next set of of, uh, alerts. Man attempting to trip pedestrians with invisible wire. Report of woman armed with five frying pans. That's five. And finally, intern refusing to leave job. Which one did I write? The first one. Let's try that. I'm going to do terrible at this. No, you're not. No, you got right. <laughs> Woo! Good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen that. I've seen one of those like... Uh, prank videos and stuff for people to do that. That's where that one came from. The other two are real. Five frying pans. I'm not sure how she did it, but she I did. I saw that article. Yeah, and the intern refusing to leave job. 
that's just it's a funny one to get as a notification on your phone out of nowhere in the middle of the day that <laughs> yeah nine one one was called because an intern wouldn't leave. Mm -hmm. It must have been a good that's job. That's a bizarre I don't know. one. Yeah, that that one confuses me quite a bit because if you're refusing to leave your job and you're getting called like nine one one called on you, you're not going yeah. to keep that being job for a job you're not being paid for. Yeah, right. And that's... you're definitely not going to be able to keep at this point. <laughs> <laughs> after that so uh yeah not a good one all right so work in this town for free again <laughs> well they end, yeah they probably end will up. yeah <laughs> all right here's the last set squirrel broke into apartment basketball on fire and finally woman with weaponized candy cane blacking bank entrance the woman with the weaponized candy cane it's, a, it's too on the nose, but I had to do it. Yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> you got to go for the low hanging fruit sometimes. Well, thank you very much. But I got to say, there's probably only been one weaponized candy cane ever, and it's not designed like you described. <laughs> it was like a projectile, possibly. We're not covering that. This okay. Happen, citizen. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you did. You did pretty good. Uh, yeah. Not too bad at three, all. One loser, one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah love they, it. These are mostly made for people to not get right. So you're, you're ahead fun of to listen to. <laughs> I play to win, man. I play right. to win. Well, Perfect. we uh, we play to break even. And just to prove it, we've we heard you have some questions for us. So if you want to go ahead with those, okay. we'll see how we do. This is a test of tr being a true New Yorker. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous now. No. New York is filled with museums and shows. And the first question is about a museum. The museum is actually called museum, spelled with two M's in the beginning and two M's at the end. M-M-U-S-E-A-M-M. -M. What kind of museum is it? And bonus points, where is it located? Oh, geez. That is good. Museum. That is really good. I have not heard of that museum before. It's been open Chris, for, I think, about a decade. Really? It's only mm. the collections of the strange and unique in New York City. Very interesting. And more importantly, is the point that makes it interesting is what is it located in? Darn. I'm going to have to say I don't know. Chris, any ideas? Do you want to give know. it a stem? There is a alley called Cortland Alley that's located in Tribeca. Mm -hmm. between white and franklin and off this is a freight elevator that mysteriously rises from the ground with a three-sided museum display in it typically for a month at a time disappears and re-rises with new displays it is wow. called the museum it is a performance art project it appears and it's of the strange and the curious and because it's in a straight uh, freight elevator the very small and it is a wonderful thing that is I, so great. I believe I saw that in a Casey Neistat video. Oh, I do ago. remember that uh, from quite a few years ago, yeah. but I don't know We're, of the stuff, but we haven't visited and I definitely want to go check it out now. New York is about property, land and landmarks. Mm -hmm. One of the things is a piece of property called the Hess Triangle. What is it and about how big is it? I know That's this. So I, I, I can't recall where it's at, but I definitely it's about I mean, I'm going to I'm going to do it with my fingers, but it's about this big. Or maybe a little bit bigger. It's a it's a triangle in a in front of a some type you of a store. Ding, ding, yeah, ding. Th that's that's more or less. Uh, it was basically just to let people know that New York City does not own that triangle. Well, it was more than that. This guy owned a piece of land, and when they realigned the roads, it went through his house. And by eminent domain, they took all of it except for this triangle, which is a little bigger than what you're saying. It's sure. about um, 
two and a half feet on each side. And uh, his family refused to deed it to the United States like everything else. And they put a mosaic in it. It's passed through several people's hands ever since, but it is the smallest piece of deeded property in Manhattan. Wow, that's really neat. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good okay. one. And it's, by the way, located on 7th Avenue and Christopher Street on the corner. Okay. Yes. Okay, we're going to try for environment. There are waterfalls hiding in Midtown. How many are there? Hmm, how many? By the way, they are man-made. We're not talking about any in Central Park. Okay, sure. gotcha. And then I was thinking e of that too. <laughs> even the ones in Central Park would have been man-made. But I know what you're That's talking true. about. A, a lot of the open spaces had uh, have uh, waterfalls yeah, in, them in Midtown. I mean, if waterfalls I, we walked by one the other day, but you know, that's only one I could think. So I'm going to take a stab and just say maybe 10, 10 is my guess. Chris, do you want to try? <laughs> Before I became a professional podcaster, like I am, I was, I worked on a food truck in New York city. So I spent a lot of time driving around specifically midtown. Uh, I don't remember counting all of the waterfalls, but I definitely remember seeing quite a few. How many did you say? You said, I said you're thinking 10. about fountains. I'm actually talking about something that drops at least a story and a half. A story That's and a half. A wall, not a fountain. Yeah. There, um, there are three. Three. Oh, man. I was there actually going to say three earlier, and then Park, I thought it was too little. <laughs> Paley Park that I was at a couple of weeks ago that is wonderful. And the Waterfall Tunnel at, at uh, 49th Street, about mm. a block off. Yeah. I have, I've been to the Waterfall yeah. Tunnel. At least I remember that one more. That one's three. actually closed right now due to COVID. The last question is a New York City math problem because numbers are everything. The number sequence is 28, 23, 14, and eight. I'll repeat, 28, 23, 14, and eight. What is the next in the sequence? The question is important. Those are the stops on the train. Those are yep, like they're the, the R line, you yeah. pass. The next <laughs> R -line. stop is Prince. Prince we Street. live on the R line. Yeah, we, so we live on the R line. One. So there you go. Prince is the correct answer on that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, those numbers are very familiar, and we live on that line. <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. Woo. Those were great. Thank you so much for that. I figured you guys needed some questions for a Thanks. Yeah, yeah, just to liven it up a little bit. I appreciate that immensely. And I like to learn new things because as people know who listen to this, I usually don't even know the answers to the questions we ask you <laughs> until Chris just writes them down so for me. <laughs> in New York City that are cool that people don't yeah. know about. Yeah. I visited a whole bunch of them when I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, Amazing. unless that's another section. Segment. No, we can, we can talk about it right now if you want. I visited um, the apartment, which is a bar in Grand Central Station that was renovated, was built in the 20s. It used to be the apartment of the guy who built Grand Central Station. And it's actually even hard to find if you're in Grand Central Station. Have you ever been there? I haven't tried, I but I definitely know what you're talking about, though. Um, mm -hmm. And let's see, where else is there? We visited the Tomi Jazz Club, which is literally a underground. You have to go down a, an almost unmarked flight of stairs and ring an unmarked doorbell by an unmarked steel door to be let in. It is Beautiful. a Japanese jazz club where most people aren't speaking English. The jazz is amazing and it might see 30. And oh my God, the pickled vegetables were unbelievable. And they had deep fried brie, something I never knew Ooh, I needed in my life. I definitely need that. <laughs> uh, what other places did we go? Um, any other really surprised? Oh, we went, but it wasn't open. But we looked through the window. Do you realize there's a rainforest in Manhattan? The inside of one of the buildings. Um, the Ford, the yeah. Ford Foundation building. Mm -hmm. We looked through the windows of that. Um, we went to a coffee shop called uh, Ground Central Station just because I like the name. <laughs> and Very it clever. actually taught me something about New York. 
there was an entire art style of uh, can you please be quiet down there i don't know if you can hear him but he's going hard we hear him uh, it's okay it's cute i discovered that there is an that when new york city 10 years ago required uh choking signs and i guess they're anti-choking signs to be put in all the restaurants how <laughs> yeah. not to die from choking and save people heimlich maneuver signs but you can't use the word heimlich maneuver because it's a trademark um people didn't like using the generic one because it's ugly so they commissioned art pieces and i found three while i was there and i now have prints of like seven coming to me for my store I think wow. I'm going to have an entire wall of artistic choking posters or how not to choke. I'm going to do one of my own. I found a great one of B. Arthur administering the Heimlich maneuver on a unicorn. <laughs> I found uh, one that I'm not going to use because I actually don't like the art, but it was called, and you can imagine what it looks like, um, Escape from Choking in New York. <laughs> um, That's great. There was one that had a fish performing no an octopus performing an heimlich maneuver on a fish uh there was a, a couple of really good cartoony ones one of which i already had i found that one a couple of years ago in eisenberg's and eisenberg's closed hmm. yeah a lot of places are closing now and it's then i mean but it's been about 100 years and they made a good egg cream and the only good ricky in new york city i'm convinced hmm. um and uh a couple of others and i'm going to paint my own because I think the world needs one of uh, Iggy Pop uh, performing the Heimlich maneuver on the Queen with "God Save the Queen" from Choking. <laughs> okay, yeah, for sure. Iggy I think Pop that's a good did uh, did write a song about killing the Queen. So, oh gosh, uh, I thought this was just a. Good thing to do. I don't know if I'm going to get around to it, but maybe that'll be the weekend's project. My yeah, down, and I always need to do something that needs a long explanation. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking of having a whole wall of this. I found a good photo of the Heimlich of Heimlich, uh, Herman Heimlich, I think is his name, and going to put it up and have, you know, an art key and the whole thing, like a museum display of floor to ceiling Heimlich maneuver posters. Amazing. That's going to be fun to go see. I love that. When we first opened, we were required to have one in the kitchen, and I didn't want to buy one because they were expensive, because Heimlich really marks it up, the Heimlich Foundation. And I didn't have any alternative, and I realized I could make my own, and I did one with Star Wars action figures, but it's long gone. So you started the whole trend of a... Oh, Lord, no, but this was pretty <laughs> funny. Just every time I find one, I find five more. It's like they're multiplying out there. Right. It's a huge art subculture that nobody knows exists in New York City. So now it's I'm going to have to pay attention to every choking sign and all the stores I go into now. They're just, some of them are just wonderful. And the artists yeah. are, they're going, you're in Florida. Why do you want this? They think it's crazy and they love it. <laughs> you confuse them. Amazing. Well, yeah, that's going to be something I'm so excited to look forward to. Almost $180 on choking posters. For oh, God. <laughs> so, or last week, I guess. Something. That's amazing. Um, Everyone has to have a hobby, right? You got to have at least like 10 of them. <laughs> dude, you don't, you don't even know the start of it. <laughs> I'm about to make... Somebody said I should have a, an Instagrammable spot in my store. And I didn't even understand that until I went to MoMA a couple of weeks ago and saw these people. They were walking backwards to Starry Night to take selfies. They didn't even look at the picture. They yeah. were just taking selfies of themselves with Starry Night. They're against one of the most amazing pieces of art out there. And the reason it's amazing is it's in three dimensions. The paint is thick. And as you move around, light shimmers on it. And it really looks like it's moving in some circumstances. And any still photograph doesn't do that justice. I mean, it's still a great painting. But until you see a Van Gogh in person, you don't understand why 
this is so remarkable. Here are people who are literally going there to put their back to the painting. Yeah. I understand the Mona Lisa's that way also. I didn't mm-hmm. bother waiting online. Person gets 30 seconds and it's like, that's not enough time to enjoy the painting. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things become uh, Instagram pictures now. There's lots of oh, pop-up areas around New York that are exactly that. You're just going to take an Instagram photo. So it's a big thing now. And I'm marketing my business. So Do I'm, it. Uh, I'm buying a five foot high statue of spring, a copy of a Greek statue. And when, when, I'm, when I'm done with the angle grinder, it will be eating a banana split, I think. Yes. With this hat, my apron and the whole nine yards. Beautiful. That's so love cool. it. And your choking wall is absolutely an Instagram <laughs> picture a, area. Amazing. People don't do that. We have a lot of interesting art in the store. Mm-hmm. I painted a lot of great art. I mm-hmm. paint portraits of my soda jerks because they're on the clock and they have no choice. <laughs> uh, I decided to learn how to paint portraits this way. I also have, um, I have three big paintings in the party room of, that are inspired by films or film near Tallahassee. The early Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan. I have a painting of him that I did that's about six feet tall. And I have two paintings of the creature from the Black Lagoon, one of him coming out wearing this hat, serving a soda, uh, a strawberry phosphate, or maybe a strawberry ice cream soda. And I have another one where I took an old um, advertisement for arrow collar shirts that I lo- lo- loved, which had a girl holding her hands up like this, looking up to a man below, uh, behind her, wearing an arrow collar shirt. His black tux is, is melded into the black background. So all you see is the cuffs and the hands and his head and his white um, vest and vest and shirt and bow tie. And the thing that really got me on this, by the way, this was painted by the guy who was the um, Saturday Evening Post painter before Norman mm. Rockwell. He sort of stepped down wow. and Norman Rockwell took his place. But it was a white bow tie on a white vest on a white shirt and they all looked white or cream in this case. But how do you paint three things on top of each other and make it go? And I wanted to learn how to do that. So I did this, except I put the creature for the Black Lagoon as the man. And I changed uh, um, the female's ingenue's lead from the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, I changed her double strap bathing suit into a dress and I put them together and they're they're dancing on a black background because I always wondered could that film be unrequited love instead of unwanted love not sure but in this painting it's a different interpretation so you know we do lots yeah. of things do you sell uh your artwork or you no, just do it for you just hang it on the walls I mean I sell it in a way I mean I keep on putting things on stickers and t-shirts that I sell nice. but the originals are not there I mean I sell a t-shirt that I did of uh it looks like a woodcut of uh, me uh, making candy from the you know early 20th century because I found a candy book that is similar woodcut and I went that's a terrible piece of art I'd look better in it just <laughs> <laughs> how you doing stay at the world-renowned Plaza Hotel New York's most exciting hotel experience for reservations call toll-free 1-800-759-3000 awesome well, let's keep it going with the games. We've got oh, um, no a couple games. more games good. for you, right? What's the next game? I'm so the game. next game, you're going to be great at this one because you're already a New Yorker. And this is our honorary New Yorker quiz. Okay, so. let's see if I get any of these right. This is going to be embarrassing. By the way, I don't consider myself a New Yorker anymore. I guess about eight or nine years ago, I got out of a subway and I didn't know which way was uptown. <laughs> and that is yeah. my definition. When I lost that rhythm, I stopped being a New Yorker. Well, well, let's see if you're an honorary New Yorker then. You belong to the city. 
I believe that's a Miami Vice song, so it's not even close. But no. it's, like you said, it's the six borough. We belong to the city. It's not Miami Vice. It was a top 10 in the 80s. I, I think it was from Miami Vice. Though. Like it was used on Miami Vice, I want to say. I don't know. I, I, I you know, yeah. Don Johnson yeah. didn't do it for me. <laughs> I'm very happy to say that in Tallahassee, I have an electrician named Don Johnston that has no relation. Wow. Oh, no nice. relation. Huh. No relation. <laughs> I'm sure he gets a, uh, a lot of questions. <laughs> Not as yeah. bad as the kid I went to high school with in Brooklyn named Harry Krishner. Whoa. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Yeah. So, go on. All right. Let's go into it. You ready? So first question, in the 12 days of Christmas, there are a total of 184 birds given as gifts. How many types of birds live in Central Park? So how many types? Types, so not species. So all sparrows count as one? Uh, I I believe they would, well, let's say species. I'm assuming based on the number that we have here, it's most likely species. That's what I would think too. I saw four types of sparrows when I was there last. I know they released all the birds of Shakespeare's plays there. So that'll get us starlings, ravens, grackles. I got to guess, but I'm going to guess in the 80s or 90s. Because I've seen owls there. I've seen a peregrine falcon. I've seen... It's actually a lot higher, which is crazy. It's around 275. It's one of the drop-off centers. It jumps from there to the Jamaica Bay Wildlife Sanctuary as they migrate through in that direction because it's one of the few places that can get fresh water. Yeah. It's a major part of the migration pattern getting through the density that is blocked. So you're talking about migrating birds too. Yeah. Yeah. You probably get Canadian geese and various ducks and things like that. Yeah, now, there's a, it's a huge Jamaica area Bay, for bird watching. Jamaica Bay will blow you away then if you like bird watching. I have this plan. I have something called the camphor tree that drops these awful berries every year. And when they drop in about another month, the bird feed's going away and they'll have lots of berries and I won't have to clean up my yard. If oh, we'll there you go. That's a good idea. All right. Second question. What seminal New York City band formed in 1974 got their name from an alias Paul McCartney used to check into hotels? Ooh, I shouldn't know this one. But I don't. It is the Ramones. So he would oh, check in as did. Paul Ramone. Ah, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I actually ended up knowing two of the Ramones over time. Oh, wow. Aditi mm-hmm. uh, used to spend a lot of time on uh, St. Mark's. Mm-hmm. When I was like 15 or 16. I used to sit next to him and we used to talk on these black stairs that were next to or going up to search and destroy a punk rock store that I think is there right mm-hmm. over a really amazing Japanese restaurant that you should try. It's a fight club themed Japanese restaurant oh, nice. uh, that's underneath search and destroy that has no English words on the signs. There's no way to find it except by looking for search and destroy. It's direct. Right. And he used to smoke cigarettes and occasionally tell stories. And I talk back. I have weird connections to punk rock. And then years later, uh, I got a call, I mean, after 2010, from Tommy Ramone, because he was opening up a soda fountain in Redmond, Redding, New Jersey, Redding, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to take some training lessons from us. He was going to come to my store for three days for training. And then he was going to play a concert for us because he was doing wow. bluegrass at that point. But he just got diagnosed with cancer and the whole thing got scrapped. Mm. Oh. Wow. But what a great story. I mean, that is a good is... one. That's a. I also yeah. have, I also have Jello Biafra stories if you're ever interested. But that's <laughs> West Coast punk, not New York punk. Uh, yeah, let's save that I for only another saw one. Saw the Ramones <laughs> once 
and that was in uh, CBGB's, which is, I believe, was at the time New York City's largest open public urinal. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> it had its own odor. I do not have romantic feelings for it. No, no. <laughs> All right, let's get through it. We got a third question here. The tallest tree to ever be displayed at Rockefeller Center was a Norway spruce from Killingworth, Connecticut. How tall was it? It's 80 feet, B. 90 feet. feet, or 100 feet? I'm going to go with B, 90 feet. It was actually 100 feet, so pretty close. The first tree uh, in 1931 was actually only 20 feet. So it's gone up quite a bit since 1931. Yeah. They were repairing it last week. I spent a lot of time seeing a, watching a pigeon as he decorated the top of that gold figure that was sort of up there. I have pictures. <laughs> but at Rockefeller Center. The, um, yeah, they were repairing. The statue. Yeah. They were repairing or maintaining the ice skating rink. I don't know what there was, but there was a lot of work going on down there. Yeah, they're, they're putting the ice skating rinks in. They're, they're popping up in the next couple of weeks here. Oh, that so. might be what they were doing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a mess down there, I can tell you that. They have a really strange statue facing it now. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they've been doing different art installations in uh, Rockefeller Center recently. Different statues have been coming in and out. All right, so let's get into the fourth question here. In 1913, John Gluck founded the Santa Claus Association due to a policy change by the United States Postal Service. What was the association's main purpose? Well, supposedly to raise money for children's gifts, but it was actually a uh, fraud situation where money was stolen. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a book about it that I don't remember, but it's behind her and to the right. But we have it on our bookshelf there that I've read. It's a pretty interesting book. There's stories of the, I don't think it's the Boy Scouts, but it's the, it's like it's a similar troop of Boy mm -hmm. Scout sort of things. They used to wander around the city, going to the different houses to make sure that the children that were sending in paperwork or sending in like their notes were actually needy. And they would travel. These kids would travel around the city with like uh, little guns, like actual like bullet guns. So weird. It's a weird time. Yeah, Both that's really America. strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knows? 1913, Tammany Hall was there and you needed guns. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> We've got one more for you. Which of these borough connecting bridges doesn't have a pedestrian walkway? Is it Brooklyn Bridge, Verrazano Bridge, or the Pulaski Bridge? Well, is Verrazano's open again? I walked across it as a kid, but it's not. I thought they closed it. Uh, I would assume the Pulaski Bridge, which I'm not familiar with. I walk across the Brooklyn Bridge almost every time I go to New York. It's Verrazano Bridge. Uh, Verrazano you cannot had a walkway walk across originally. They closed it after people were jumping off it. The Verrazano yeah. never had a walkway. The Verrazano connects Staten oh, Island to Brooklyn. They yeah, they it actually does. I thought they, it had a walkway. They uh, installed the the bridge without a walkway, so people couldn't walk across because they didn't want any people from Brooklyn coming to Staten Island or vice versa. I don't remember the actual story. That's something to do with that, where they made it so it wasn't accessible by by foot. I really yeah. thought Verrazano had a walkway that was not used at all. It, I mean, you might have just been walking in the street. <laughs> I've also younger, heard you might not have cared. <laughs> I've heard stories of people that have walked it, but I don't think yeah. there's an actual pedestrian walkway. But I'm, I'm yeah. if there's a will, there's a way. If, if there is a place to put your feet, there's definitely a way to get across it. Yeah, and I'm sure workers have to cross it. So there's probably an area. It's just not necessarily open to the public. Um, it was actually I um, see what it is. They open it for walking once a year. That must have been it. Maybe that might yeah. have been it. That was probably it. 
Um, on opening day for the Verrazano Bridge, the toll was 50 cents to go across it. Now, I don't know if you know, but it's $17 to go one way on the Verrazano wow. Bridge. Uh, so pretty <laughs> crazy. <laughs> uh, my father has lots of photos of the building of the Verrazano Bridge that he took. Oh, wow. My grandmother's apartment overlooked it. Yeah, our, we, um, our apartment we... overlooks it right now. Where mm-hmm. you looking at it? We live in Bay Ridge. You've been to the Three Jolly Pigeons? Yeah, that's right down the street on Third Ave. That's um, my grandmother's old place. And oh, awesome. wow. That's where uh, I learned how to drink since they didn't card if you didn't order anything with that tried to have an umbrella in it. Uh, <laughs> nice. I learned to drink with Scotch Neat. <laughs> Actually, one of the strangest thing I had when I was still selling Yo-Yo's mail order, I got a I was hearing somebody, because this is before people were placing orders over the internet, taking a phone order and he was reading it back and saying, care of the three jolly pigeons in Brooklyn. I just said, wait, I need to talk to this guy. Ends up, he lived above the three jolly pigeons. I mentioned the drinking story. I said, yeah, that's where I did it too. And uh, apparently just like the previous owner, the new owners were customers in the store that bought it off them. And it, I'm sure it's still going on like that. It's one of the funniest little places because it has this does it, I'm sure it still has the back door because it had a back room to sit in and then a front room that was a bar. It was really one room, but if yeah. the women in the neighborhood would walk in the back, they weren't walking through a bar and that wouldn't be improper. Right, right. That's so bizarre. All of those old, uh, the reasons why the buildings are the way they are sometimes is really interesting history. All right. So I think you did pretty darn good, even though you think that you were not a New Yorker. You are definitely still a New Yorker. I'm sorry. Yeah. If, <laughs> if anything, you. you're an honorary New Yorker now. So <laughs> you've, you uh, you've come back into New Yorker dumb. It's come well, back around. Uh, that will absolutely work for me. <laughs> um, I can deal with that. Wonderful. Let's yeah. get into our next game, um, which is a fun one. Nice one to test your speed. <laughs> it is called In a New York Minute. All right. Love hearing that song. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, moving on to the game, you will have 45 seconds because everyone knows that a minute in New York is 45 seconds. Everything moves faster here. The 45 seconds name as many neighborhoods in lower Manhattan as you can. That's below 59th Street. Below 59th Street. Oh, that makes it uh, pretty easy. Midtown East, Midtown West, uh, Chelsea, Soho, Tribeca, the Bowery. The Lower East Side, um, uh, the Village, the East Village. I guess those are two separate ones. Uh, God, I'm going further down. The Battery, the... Hold on a second. Before 59th Street, I'm forgetting Hell's Kitchen, which is now called Clinton. Um, I don't understand that one. Um, Oh, come on. There are more. I think I'm out of them. Um, Barry. Oh, Chinatown, Little Italy. I think you did pretty good there. Pretty good. We're, we're going off of what people like to call realtor neighborhoods, where more or less like. Oh, well, then, yeah, like, then Murray Hill or Curry Hill and uh, all those silly ones. Like Turtle, Turtle Bay and uh, Nomad and stuff like that. <laughs> Nomad. Yeah. I was trying to get Nomad. Well, there you go. Uh, there were a few key big ones. I think that uh, you would have. You've definitely mentioned earlier, even <laughs> like uh, Tribeca. Tri- um, I thought I said Tribeca. Oh, I didn't. I, don't I think, think you did too. Oh, okay. Maybe we just didn't click at the time because you were going pretty quick in the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of the other ones. Uh, there's Gramercy, uh, Flatiron. Um, and then, then are... there would also be um, 
God, what's that Park Avenue Park area over? Uh, it's where they do the Fashion Week. Um, Meatpacking district, like over. Oh, no, the meatpacking district or something. Yeah, south of south of. No, I'm talking it's about the garment district. Garment, no, garment district, jewelry district. If you do the districts, but I don't think of those as neighborhoods. Yeah, because most of those are a block or two. I'll argue that one with you. <laughs> uh, but um, what's the name of that park? The park where they do the. Is it Bryant Park? Bryant Park. Yeah, they Bryant used to park. do it at Bryant Park. They don't do it at Bryant Park anymore. They switched yeah. over to uh, the meatpacking area over there. Yeah. Oh, over they, like they, like like they, just just south of the the high line they do it there now do they still do the big apple circus there Bryant not park? A, not at bryant not park there. i don't think i think they probably push those out into the outer boroughs if i had to guess yeah oh, no, i think the, last time i saw oh, you know what maybe yeah, or maybe even at lincoln center i think it's lincoln center now yeah okay there's a bryant park when i was a kid i yeah, think. yeah that might have been another circus i don't know yeah i've been doing a lot of uh bryant park research lately because they're opening up their winter village next week and we're going to go over there and film a, a video and i've been kind of like just they were absorbing really it up when i was there once again it's it's uh if you look on I'm, i think most people have access to the like, earth cams and stuff on youtube and you can just kind of we, we'll put it on the tv sometimes and just watch the progress sometimes just to get a weather idea of how how it's raining other times just to kind of see the progress now they are in the process now of putting up the ice skating rink and that should be up by the 29th so they uh, they're working more or less around the clock to do it so it's pretty cool to see them do it well let's get into our last game before it's like a we slide close show it's great <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, i'm going to show you one other thing that i just found uh, okay. i just loved okay so the new york uh library has a permanent collection of their treasures out on exhibit permanently now yeah yes we are excited get, have you seen it no, but we are going to go to it because I've been oh talking about it for the last two weeks. <laughs> the um, there's a handwritten letter by uh, uh, by uh, Christopher Columbus. There's the uh, handwritten speech by George Washington when he stepped down. There are the stuffed animals of uh, Christopher Robbins that they based yeah, the books off. The yeah, original. I've heard about that there, there. Things like that. But I went in there and I realized how can you go to a museum and you realize you have a wallet-sized version of the painting you are looking at in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're all carrying art around with us. Taglio, <laughs> it's, it's it's great. So yeah, sorry, Love I'm interrupting. It. I'm you really excited no, no, to, to see that. I've been talking about it quite a bit, so I'm she very has. excited about you it. Have, uh, you have to make reservations if I'm if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, you do, but they're free. It's yeah, like that's... the Morgan Library. Have you ever been to the Morgan Library? Yes. Okay, good. And it's free every Friday with live music, which is wonderful. Oh, awesome. All right. Our last game is called Did You Forget About It? Forget About It. So this is facts that we have mentioned already throughout this episode to see if you actually remembered them or did you forget about it? Okay. Forget about it. So first one, what year did the Ramones form? Uh, 72. Oh, awesome. pretty close. It was 74. 74. Okay. Yeah. Um, how tall was the first Christmas tree displayed at Rockefeller Center? The first one. Oh, first one, 20 feet. Yes, very nice. And what was the original toll to cross the Verrazano Bridge? How much? Yes. Wonderful. Yeah, you were ready. You ran away with that one. (laughs) Amazing. I missed the first one. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, It was only by two years. I actually like the Ramones. I mean, you know, uh the funny thing is on youtube youtube usually doesn't bother me if i get a folk group or something to cover a 
punk song or something. But I got a folk group from Eastern Europe to do a folk version of Beat the Brat for my beat video. Somehow YouTube identified it. They don't identify anything. They identify that. I mostly use original music, but in this case, I was doing something on beats. I wanted Beat yeah. the Brat. I thought a folk version of it was hilarious. All right. So let's get to our last segment. Oh, we have another segment. Cool. We, have one, last more, we segment. have one more segment. I thought we were just about to pop open the cocktails and sort of hang out. <laughs> we have one Almost. more segment. This segment, we're going to bring the vibe down a little bit and we're going to go inside Santa's studio. So obviously this is just a ripoff of uh, James Lipton's rip off of the other guy's questionnaire that we've kind of repurposed. So are we doing inside the actor's theater with Santa Claus? More yeah. or less. It's just Santa versions of uh, inside the actor's studio questions. Okay. What's your favorite cookie? Oatmeal lace. Mm, I like this too. What's your least favorite cookie? The ones they let me ex make me accept when I go around the internet. <laughs> Very good answer. That is a really good one. So when do you start decorating for the holidays? The day after Thanksgiving. Very standard. When do you put your decorations away? You put decorations away? They typically go away before my daughter's birthday, which I'm not giving on the radio. So are there any decorations at all in your house now that you may have forgotten to put away on accident no, or on purpose? No, we intentionally live, made a, um, a topper for the tree out of copper and tin uh, of an angel doing a yo-yo trick. And that stays out year-round. That's amazing. All right. keep Probably that out, too. It. it should be on the mantelpiece. Mm. But go on. What Christmas song do you love? Christmas in New York. I just sang it for you. Yes. <laughs> the, the original composition by you? Yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> let me think about this. Which Christmas song? You know, I like a specific Hanukkah song over a Christmas song. Yeah. I take it back. I know which Christmas song I like. It's called the Weiss Christmas, W-E-I-S-S. -S. It was written by uh, a bunch of Jews who wrote Christmas songs for parties every year. Uh, I have a recording of it somewhere. Um, I've always liked that one. Uh, but I'm also a big fan of Hanukkah in Santa Monica by Tom Lehrer. Beautiful. The, to get the the other holidays represented. Yeah. Spending Hanukkah in Santa Monica, lighting <laughs> candles, spinning dreidels by the sea. I spent Shabuas in East St. Louis, and it's really night the town for me. Those eastern winters, I can't endure them. So every year I come out here, I pack my bags and come out here for Purim, Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> I spend in Arizona and Yom Kippur, I spend in Mississippi. But the near the California flora, I will be play, lighting my menorah like a baby in his cradle. I'll be playing with my dreidel. If Maccabeus could only see us spending Hanukkah in Santa Monica by the sea. It's a, it's a klezmer song. <laughs> Well, I haven't heard it before, and now I did. So thank it's you for that. It's <laughs> actually pretty darn good. 
good. And yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely will now. I think the, That's so fun. I think we're toss-up between that, the Maccabees, and the Levi's for the best Hanukkah song. The Levi's have a great song that's called uh, Sour Cream or Applesauce, which is a big Ooh. philosophical question for Hanukkah. Yes, those potato pancakes. Well, Yum. one or the other. You could, is it a dairy meal? Is it a meat meal? Mm. Mm. you got to make an important decision early yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I, I, I can't answer those types of questions. And I've always <laughs> loved the Maccabees. I'm sure you stumbled across them. I have come across them before, yes. All right, so next question. If you were an elf in Santa's workshop, what profession would you like to do? I'd easily be a toy maker. I mean, I sort of am. Yes. I mean, I've always considered myself that in some form. And um, I even know the moment I was influenced by that. I was at a Alexander Calder Museum on November 11th, 1976 at the Whitney Museum of Art. And I found out that he had died. And I thought of all these things as toys, not as anything else, because I was mm. 10 at the time. I was eight at the time. Sorry. I can't do math apparently i was at some age at the time and uh and i i at a very young age learned the transitory nature of art and creative and stuff like that and it really influenced my life because he was essentially in my mind and to this day an artist but still a toy maker and that's when i refer to art as play in the podcast that's i know the exact moment i realized this in my life and it was very young wow that's really that's cool. amazing and that's why I went to an Alexander Calder Museum in MoMA last week or the week before and won a couple of weeks before that in Atlanta. I think I've seen every major retrospective uh, during my lifetime in the United States. I don't Aww. think they've been any overseas. So I mean, I've traveled around the country to see them. All right. So the last question then, if the North Pole exists, what would you like to hear Santa say when you arrive at the workshop? Here's a warmer jacket, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good <laughs> that's so funny Greg can you do me a big favor sure I can don't let... have $10 <laughs> I, I'm okay with the $10 but can you let all of our listeners know where they can find you and more importantly all the things that you do well I'm findable all over the place you can find my YouTube channel under the name Lofty Pursuits you can go to my uh, my podcast which is also called lofty pursuits you can see our twitter feed at twitter.com slash lofty pursuits you can go to our instagram page at instagram.com slash lofty pursuits and the facebook page is at uh facebook.com slash lofty pursuits for the store and facebook.com slash pd confections for the uh candy thank you <laughs> so much for coming on the podcast really appreciate it i yes no just, problem i normally I don't do this but this sort of amused me because well, I wanted to sing. I <laughs> well, realized great. that I could. I went, here's a podcast I can go into and just completely destroy any of their plans. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> All right. So it looks like that's going to be it for this episode. This podcast was recorded in our apartment in the Big Apple in New York City. If you like this podcast, do us a favor to rate it and write a review. Contact us and let us know you did. And I'll send you a bunch of stickers. Subscribe now and follow us on social media so we can keep the conversation going and keep you posted about new episodes. Until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Chris, and this is Christmas Time in the City. This is the last stop on this train. Everyone, please leave the train. Thank you for riding with the Christmas Time in the City podcast.